0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Jora, and man, it's been a crazy night. I've uh, been jumping through hoops and uh, been uh, talking with our guest, uh, former Mets 360 and Bleacher Report writer Daniel Stack uh daniel is going to be joining us here in in just a minute he was here earlier when i was not we've been uh playing a game of uh online phone tag. so if you can uh bear with me i'll try to do a uh a monologue until we can get dan back on the phone and we can uh, try to to get on with our show i'm very happy that uh dan agreed to to be on with the show up oh, and it looks like uh he is here now hold on let's find out dan it's brian you're on the air
1: Hey Brian, long time no speak.
0: I know. I was just getting ready to tell everyone that uh, you and I used to do this on a on a regular basis uh, five years or so ago. Five years or so ago, when you wrote for the site, and I'm um, uh, I'm very pleased that uh, you're able to come back on. And I apologize for the the the, the delay in getting you on. Um, why don't you tell people uh, what you've been doing since you uh, since you left Mets 360.
1: Well, I've been on a whole bunch of sites and blogs. Got have uh, been on Bleacher Report. I wrote for New York Giants Rush. Um, that's a football site. Um, I did beat work for Rotowire. I've um, been always doing stuff for Scout, scout.com with Uh And then I uh, went to uh, FanRag Sports doing college sports the last couple of years and uh been off the here and there and doing a couple of things.
0: So I got to ask is your black is your bracket as bleeding and as bloody as mine is?
1: Oh, of course. God, I was a <laughs> bloodbath. I got uh All right. Just one final four team left, my champions out. So I'm pretty much done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Well, let's talk about happier things. Let's talk about uh, Mets baseball. Um, and one guy who I guess has been in the front of my mind here lately, and, and that's Steven Matz. Uh, we, we weren't real sure what to uh, expect from him uh, this year after uh, after the offseason surgery that he had uh, came back and supposedly said he was fine and he was healthy, but then he was awful in his uh, first two starts in the grapefruit league action. But here in his last three, he's been, you know, dare I say, excellent. And uh, last time out, six innings pitched without a run with nine Ks. So can we make heads or tails of Matt's at this point? What do you expect from him this year?
1: Uh, uh, some con- some inconsistency, a little early. I mean, he's, he's still, I think he's still a rattle from what happened last year, his, um, his confidence was way, way way, too low after all the injuries that he went through. I think he was just overthinking things, and his confidence is um, um, a little rattled to the core. Um, his ratios were pretty bad last year. Um, he walked too many. Um, and he just fell into a lot of bad habits last year. And then maybe that rolled over a little bit. But once, um, you know, Mickey Calloway and Island were. Uh, Seeing some uh, mechanical flaws with him and um, him not rel- you know, trying with the slider too much. Um, uh, I think he uh, he needs to, he needs to throw that a little more, and uh, it's just a, it's just a confidence thing. I think is um, if he doesn't overthink his injuries and just stays stays in the zone with the with Callaway and Allen backing back him. I, I think he could be a solid starter, and I'm not I'm not that word about him.
0: Yeah, know, I think all of us feel like Matt's has a, a world of talent, but he just hasn't been able to consistently stay healthy. And, and that's something that troubled him pretty much since the day he was drafted. Is there any reason in your mind to expect things to be different here in
1: 2018? Uh, I wouldn't know. I mean, I wouldn't, my gut says no. Um, I want it to be different, but, uh, I'm, um, I'm just uh, just a little worried with the injuries. I mean, but that's that's pick your pitcher on the Mets. It's what it's all about. Um, but it's just uh, he's got to he's got to have confidence and trust in his ability that he can stay healthy. I think it's it's a lot when you go through injuries. Not just the physical, I mean, it's all mental too. So he's got to get the uh, mental aspect down and um, be sure of his stuff. And maybe that's what's happening now in the last couple of spring trainings because he has been fabulous. And I noticed. It would be
0: so nice to to see them, the the match that we've seen the last three outings here in spring training. If we could see that through a, a six month uh, major league season, but uh, until we actually see it for the first time, it's it's hard to imagine seeing it uh, seeing it at all. But let's switch over from, instead of talking about the pitchers. Let's talk about the catchers. Uh, last year in September, uh, after disappointing through the first five months of the season, both. Travis Darno and Kevin Pluwicki had really strong Septembers for the Mets and they're they're both having good springs uh here now. So, uh how do you see the catching slot working out this year for the Mets?
1: I think with catcher it, it's about competition breeding success and the motive behind that. I like that they're both doing well. Um to be um, perfectly blunt, I've had a I pretty had enough of uh, Travis Darnot, but I I'm giving him one more last chance. Um, both, I think both know this may be it, and that's bringing out the best of them right now. So I, I really, I think I could see an even split of playing time with them um, coming out of the gate the first month or two, and then maybe if one gets too hot, you can't be denied. Um, again, I want to see Pulecki. I think Darno's too injury-prone, and, and both are running out of time. But I think uh, Pulecki's defense and his, uh, the way he finished, like you said, last september and um what he's doing now i i want to see him run with it but i'll give both of them the shot and i see an even split until somebody really seizes the job and forces callaway's hand
0: one thing that surprised me was uh looking back into the september stats and darno actually had six home runs in the month of september even though he was essentially splitting time with ploweki evenly and then uh here in spring training now he's uh tied for the lead lead with 3 home runs and I think that the the possibility of uh, Darneau providing a, a power bat from from the catcher's position is something that that that's kind of exciting to to think that the the Mets have a, a nice uh, righty power bat to go along with uh, suspidus there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know people forget, you know, during the uh, World Series run, he was he played a big part. I mean, he had some clutch hits and he was hitting a lot of home runs down the stretch in there. And their um, quest when they, they caught the, the Nationals, he played a big part. In, and if we can get that late-season 2015 Travis Darnot, I'm all for it. I am I want to be proven wrong. I really do. All
0: right, well, let's move one position up to Diamond, and that's at uh, first base. The Mets brought in Adrian Gonzalez to give uh, – uh top prospect Dominic Smith a little more time to uh uh prepare for a gig in the majors down in triple in A. But uh Gonzalez has, has not looked um all that well this uh this spring. Uh he finally got his first RBI when he hit a, a solo homer in uh in Tuesday's game, but uh he's uh, still hitting below the Mendoza line. So do you think the Mets are going to be looking around for a, a new first baseman, or do you think that uh, Adrian Gonzalez will turn things around?
1: Uh, well, of course, I don't think they're going to be doing anything just now. Maybe it gets dire in a, in a month or so. Um, I know I read something today that he's making man- mechanical adjustments, um, and that, you know, led to a good day the other day when he hit his uh, home run. Granted, it was uh, aided by the wind, but um, – I you know, I do know, I do I almost have no trust in Gonzalez. Um, that injury was very severe, um, and that can take a toll. But even despite injury concerns, he's um his 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 uh flailing power lately is just not not good at good at all and his his OPS has been dropping like a stone. Now, obviously last year was injury but it was six forty two last year even when he uh he played in 2016 for most of the year. It was um, a 7.84 PS, and that was his lowest since his second year in the league, 13 years ago. So, and you're just going to have to write him out and hope that uh, uh, Smith gets over his injury and gets the confidence. Um, I do eventually think he'll, Smith will take the job either by force, him tearing up triple um, A or by accident and with Gonzalez getting hurt. Um, I like that he has slimmed down. He's um, he had that late tardiness incident, and I think he's learned from it. Um, he could have seized this opportunity because Cosme Gonzalez happened, but um, but for now I can deal with uh, if it has to go to platoon. I can also deal with when we're getting looks against lefty So for the first month or so, I wouldn't worry about it so much. But yeah, my confidence in Gonzalez is is waning.
0: You making in important point with Gonzalez. Everyone knows the, the troubles that he had last year and like you noted they those were injury related. But if you go back to the previous year, he had really slipped off from where he was the season before that. So we're seeing a player who's both uh suffering from injuries and in decline. And and that's a bad one two combination. I think the parallel exactly. that I draw is with Keith Hernandez, his last year with the Mets. And, uh, you know, he went on and signed a free agent deal with the Indians. And I think that uh, that's something that both Keith and uh, the Cleveland fans would uh, like to com- to forget completely. And I think it's pretty much going to be the same way with Gonzalez. So as for me personally, the, the sooner we move on from the Gonzalez experiment, I think the better off that the Mets will be.
1: Yeah, I can see that for sure.
0: Alright, well let's uh, let's go back to the mound um, in addition to uh, the good pitching from Steven Matz. We've seen some good outings this spring so far from Matt Harvey. Uh, had a tough outing uh, a couple of uh, starts ago against the Yankees, but other than that, he's been pretty solid, at least here in the, the Grapefruit League action. And I want to know, do you think he still has enough uh, stuff left to be uh, a quality uh, mid-rotation type guy?
1: Oh, absolutely. I, it, a lot of, like like Matt's confidence is uh is um is a lot it means a lot to, to Harvey. He's got to have trust in his stuff and I think his confidence is slowly but surely creeping back up, I think a new change of leadership. Not that um, Collins and um Worthen were dragging him down, but um I heard Ireland has um done a lot of great stuff. He's he um he's uh couple last couple years he lost some of his uh he didn't use his lower body in his delivery. He's getting them back up to that. Um, his, his his velocity is a little increasing rapidly as we get to opening day. He has to trust his fastball more, and I think he's he's heeded the advice of Callaway Island really well. And I do think he's he's not going to be like the 2014, 2015 might have been, but I think he's going to be a, a lot better than what he's shown in the last two years. One of the things
0: that I really like about the new regime that you've mentioned, the Callaway Island regime, is they're not trying to get him back to be the the dominating two thousand and thirteen dark night harvey they're just like yeah. just be the best Harvey that you can be right now and you know I'm hoping that that takes a lot of the pressure off of him, and he can just go out there and 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 be good and not having to worry about keeping up with this false persona that was created years ago but a guy who can throw 94, 95 consistently and can locate his off-speed pitches, I mean, that's going to be a pretty good pitcher if that guy can do that.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I don't know if you remember. Sorry if I didn't come prepared, but there was a guy, a pitcher, that had thoracic outlet syndrome that it took about a year, and then he got back on track. Do you have any names that come, Bill? There was one that came back Pretty well, about a year later, I don't know, I forget who it was, but I hate to put you on the spot if you don't know.
0: Jaime Garcia is one of the ones that they always point to, and there's been a, a couple of others who've, who've come back and, and ha- actually have had increased velocity. We haven't seen that with Harvey yet, but... We're we're hoping that, you know, being a, a year away from, over a year away from the actual surgery that uh, he can go out there and, and just let it loose and, and not be worried about, you know, his physical conditioning. I think right now we're past the physical and we're much more in the mental territory.
1: Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, again, you, know, you got, just just take your time with Jason Vargas. That's a setback, I know. But um, I'm also excited that this is the first time that if we cross our fingers, we're going to get uh, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, Mattson, and Wheeler to go back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back, to back, to back, to back. And I'm excited about that. And we also have Lugo and Gizelman who are, you know, quality additions on, on call. And um, the competition breeds success with that. And-, and we at least got some options. And I like how it's stacking up and, and hearing the reports and spring training so far the injuries have not been that ma- that major to cause, you know, red flags to go up in my head.
0: You know, if we were to turn back the clock to the 2013-2014 uh era when, you know, the major league team was losing all those games but we could see the hope on the horizon and the guys like Harvey and and Wheeler and and, and DeGrom bubbling up to the major leagues. It's it's kind of remarkable to me that you know we're we're uh, embarking on the 2018 season and we haven't seen that 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 quintet those five guys pitch like you said back to back to back five times yeah. in a row. I mean we we, yeah. we haven't seen that once. I mean that that's that's remarkable Amazing. to me. And and even without that, the uh, the fact that they made it to the World Series in 2015, you know, it, it, all sports fans play the the what if game, and and our version of that is what if all five of these guys were healthy for six months in a row, and you know, w- wouldn't that be something to see? So, me personally, I'm, I'm I keep holding out hope for that, and then we can put uh, Jason Vargas in the bullpen if that actually happens.
1: Yeah. And I'll have more on that with uh, later questions about something about the staff later. So. Nah. uh
0: uh-huh.
1: I, I, I think we've got a little foreshadowing
0: here, perhaps our crazy prediction time. All right, well, uh, as long as we're talking about health, let's uh, switch it from the pitchers and, and go into the uh, position players. And uh, the, the guy who seems to have the, the biggest question mark about his health right now is Michael Conforto, uh, who of course had the, the shoulder injury last year that he's rehabbing for. Um, supposedly, uh slightly ahead of schedule um we may even see him in in late april although i think they're still sticking to the may 1st uh day of uh, the expected return for Conforto so what i i want to know from you is when he's healthy and when he's ready to return to the lineup where would you bet michael conforto
1: um i like the three, i like the 3 spot um i know it's very limited sample size but he was phenomenal whenever he played the the three spot. I looked up his numbers um in the three, three hole as opposed to the number 1 spot, which is his primary spot. Um his batting average in the three hole is 370 to 281 compared to the compared to 281 in the one. His on-base percentage is 469 in the third to 388 when batting lead off. His slugging at third in the three spot is 852. Slug in lead leadoff is three fifty nine and his OPS at the three is one point three two one as opposed to nine forty seven at the one. Granted it's a very small sample size, but I think this guy loves having protection around him and not trying to set the table. Um, I think we should get away from the one the one experiment. We'll give that to uh um I don't know, maybe Rosario then I don't know yet, but I want I want three uh uh Conforto at three. I think um that's his next step in uh, his evolution as a baseball player is to keep him at one. Um the upside in run production and the um the RBI opportunities can't be ignored. Um and um I'm very excited he had two home runs the other day or was it today? I'm not I think it was today. Um or maybe yesterday, I can't that I saw the report he had in, in a minor league game or uh and he looks like he's going to be on track in another month, and I'm excited to see him. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is that where Keith Hernandez wants him to? I think he always wants him in the three spot. I don't know. You yes, tell me. Uh, Keith, uh,
0: Keith still holds on to the to the, the romanticism of the uh the third hitter being the, the, the best hitter on the team and that's where you bat him. Uh personally I would lean towards uh using him from in the leadoff spot when the Mets moved in there last year uh in the month of May when he was the primary uh leadoff hitter for the team they they averaged uh over five and a half runs per game and, and it, it's it's kinda of hard to ignore that. But I yeah. guess what the question that, that that jumps into my mind is if you bat Conforto third where do you bat Cespedes?
1: Um, I would go to mid four and then I I would have Bruce fifth uh, Frazier sixth I think Um,
0: well the fourth spot is where Hernandez thinks that uh, Cespedes should bat uh, as well uh, I think he views him as the team's biggest slugger, and uh, uh, that's where Keith thinks that uh, Cespedes fits, uh, fits the best. So you one know, of the guys you, you know, mentioned I did, is uh, –
1: go ahead. No, I, now that you mention it, I, when I was thinking Nemo would, would be the leadoff hitter, but if Conforto comes back and you have Conforto, Bruce, and Cespedes, yeah, you're not really having a good leadoff hitter unless Rosario steps up his game tremendously, which we'll talk about shortly, too.
0: Well, let's talk about him now. Um, you know, uh, it seems like the Mets are, are counting so much on on Rosario to come up. And the, the situation with Dominic Smith is, is somewhat similar. And, and the Mets brought in a, an over-the-hill veteran to uh, ease the pressure on Dom Smith, but they didn't do anything with uh, Rosario. It's like they feel that he's better prepared to succeed. So I guess – you know what I want to know from you is: Will he be an asset for the Mets this year at shortstop?
1: I do, I do have a lot of I have a lot of belief in his upside. Um, at his best, he could be a, a Francisco Lindor type. I'm not saying, yes, yet he's got to have better discipline. That's that's mm-hmm. mandatory. That's this has to change. He walked, you know, an ungodly three times in 170 170 plate appearances. That has got to change at 271 on base percentage. He's got to, you know, take his uh, take his medicine, take all the advice the new staff has given to him, and apply it. You know, he's got to be more selective. He's got to be more contact happy. Um, don't sell out for power. Um, you know, and he's fantastic with the glove. And, you know, any, any rookie, uh, you know, thrust into what he had to deal with last year is going to struggle, and, He's got Jose Reyes as a mentor for him again, and I like that they brought him back. So, incrementally, I see Rosario being uh, taking a good-sized leap this year. That that you know, you can't teach the pure raw, raw athleticism he possesses, and I, I like him um, having a good second half um, and really picking it up towards the end. Um,
0: earlier, you had mentioned uh, Todd Frazier. Uh, one of the Mets' uh, big offseason acquisitions, and it gets a little lost with the uh, poor spring that Adrian Gonzalez is having. But Todd Frazier is not doing well at all this spring either. And uh, are you concerned about the the Mets' new third baseman?
1: No, absolutely no zero zero concerns. I'm. He is what he is. We've we've seen this for the last um, I don't know, eight or so years. Um, he's a great power hit, power hitter, um, high strikeout low-average kind of player with a great glove and a great clubhouse guy. He's, he's pretty much what you can expect. Thump in the middle of it, a, a good home run now and then. He's a great clubhouse guy great defensive player. He has his limitations with strikeouts and uh, not putting ball in play. And that's what you paid for. And we got him at a good price, and I think that's what he's going to he's going to get you. Um, you know, 30 home runs, 90 RBIs, uh, or I wouldn't say 90, maybe 70 to 80. Um, you know, if he can tap into his, like, 2013 to 2016, maybe we could have a decent average because he, he did have some decent averages. Like, did did, did hit 273 in 2014 when he hit uh, 29 home runs and 80 RBIs. Um but I'll, I'll settle. I'll have to settle for a 220 average if I have to. Just nut. Uh, I just don't want like anything below, you know, the 220 line.
0: All right. Well, we've reached the point in the uh, the podcast here where we give uh, crazy predictions. Uh, I'm going to give you mine first, and then ask you to comment on it, and then uh, ask uh, you to give me a crazy prediction of your own. Are you ready? Sure. All right, so my crazy prediction is even though he begins the year with without a starting position that uh Jose Reyes is going to surpass 300 plate appearances this year. So I want to know from you, is that crazy? No,
1: um no, not not no, not with the um uh, the uh... Injury concerns around the infield with, you know, even Gonzalez because you maybe have to put Flores at first or Cabrera at first. Cabrera is an uh, injury risk himself. Rosario, maybe he starts off really bad and gets sent down again. So, no, you're not crazy with that. I think he'll be playing a lot, uh, doing a lot of platooning and shuffling, and the the infield will be moved around a lot. I, I can definitely see that.
0: All right, well, you shot down mine. Show me what a crazy prediction looks like.
1: Okay, uh, this may be – I don't know how crazy it is, but I um, i think either for sentimentality reasons or something um, going purposely right, but I think we'll see David Wright in a Mets uniform on the field this year. How about that for crazy? One, um, at least one game. You know,
0: um, you, you know if if you said that he was going to play 50 games, I think I would say that that was crazy. But I think that you – know, I think David may be coming to the realization that it, it's not going to happen – and I think that, you know, he he wants to get back on the field one more time. And I think the fans want to see he and Reyes back on the field together. So I, I would almost be a little bit surprised if they, it didn't happen one more time. It may not happen any more than that. What What is it, the, the NFL where the, the players sign the contract so they can retire with their original team? To, yeah. to me the, the the way that the the right situation is heading is towards that thing where he gets to get one last hurrah wave to the fans and you know, may, maybe they'll do it in a pregame ceremony and won't even let him play the game. I don't know. But uh,
1: or maybe uh just a pinch, I could very a pinch hit a, a pinch hit during yeah, when the rock expand.
0: Yeah, yeah. I but I but I see the both the organization and the player coming to the realization that, you know, he's not going to be back as a as a contributing player, but with all that he's meant to the franchise throughout the years that uh, this would be the best for everyone concerned. So
1: um, I'm not going
0: to call it carries. I'm just going to call it a sad prediction. How about that? Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. All right, well, let's see if we can bust through uh, two more uh, here before we have to go. Um, there's been a lot of turnover in in the uh, NL East. We, we've had the fire sale of the Marlins. We've had the, the Mets and the Phillies pretty active in, in free agency. Um, and, of course, the Nationals, uh, everyone expects them to be healthier and even better than they were a year ago. So I guess I want to know from you, what is your predicted order of finish in the NL East this season?
1: Okay, well, I do have to say we'll have to start with Washington. They got the pitching and the hitting uh and I'm not feeling sad for Murphy not like not starting the year uh uh with the, <laughs> the nationals um so I got them one um and I got the Mets too I think we have pitching depth they're they're playing pretty well as we wrap up the spring the health health is looking good, got a decent decent enough hitting um and then i um then I got philly they uh they make some nice the moves to get Arietta. Uh, Hoskins was a stud down the stretch and got some formidable players and um, ready to come up uh, to the piston like J.B. Crawford. And um, and I think they're building well and they have an underrated second baseman, Cesar Hernandez, and uh, they just need a big uh, the X Factor for them um, is how Michael Franco does. Then Atlanta, they're the only reason I put Philly is a little more. I think Atlanta is a little too wet behind the ears, but I can't wait to um, see uh, Ronald Alcuna. I hear so many good things about him, and they're going to wait. Uh, I guess to uh, do the Super Two thing with him. But they're very, very young, but they have some very good, exciting talent, talent. And uh, uh, mommy, if they can't, if they finish anywhere besides last, give uh, give the Coach of the Year to as uh, it's, I don't know is it still Mattingly down there? It's not, it's not Mattingly, not is it? Uh
0: I believe it is, but uh, right. uh so let's, <laughs> Give let's try to get one more one more in and let's let's circle back to the Mets. You don't have them finishing uh, ahead of the Nationals, but do you do you think that there's a, a player who uh um who could be like the X factor for the Mets in in 2018 maybe push them higher than than many people think they're they're capable of playing?
1: Yeah, I, I think my extractor is, is Zach Wheeler because he's been look. He's um, I think he has the potential to be the third best pitcher on the Mets if all things shake. Um, I really do. I think he, he's been um, been brandished as a bust by many. Um, people think he's not going to stay healthy. He could be a starter. He could be a long man. He could be uh, in the in the in the bullpen. Um, you know, he could play a a role like Chad Green did for the Yankees. I think he's got a lot of uh, stuff in his arsenal, and I think he can play so many pivotal positions. And I think, I don't know how many innings he'll pitch and, and what capacity, but I think he could be a real X-factor um, uh, uh, for the for the rotation. And I think he's going to step up his game for some reason. I just have a feeling.
0: Well, there you go. Look for Zach Wheeler to lead the Mets back to the top of the heap in 2018. I'm, I dig it. I like it. Well, we are all out of time here. I, I'd like to thank our, our guest, Dan Stack, for, uh, A, coming on to the podcast again for the first time in years, and then, B, putting up uh, with some of the hurdles that we had to, to getting the program started tonight. So, so, Dan, from the bottom of my heart, thank you.
1: No problem. I uh, let's do it again.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, and please join us again uh, next Wednesday night at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Good night, everyone, and goodbye.